What are the biggest concerns surrounding the Denver Broncos following their week two preseason loss against the San Francisco 49ers? We take a look at the wide receiver depth and other areas of the offense and defense. We'll share our thoughts on on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. With just a few weeks until the NFL regular season starts, there are some concerns that the Denver Broncos must address before they get to the regular season. And we're going to talk about on today's brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. Special shout out to all the everydayers out there as well. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news, content, coverage, analysis, and more every single day, all year long. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantly orange.com. Sarah, yesterday's post-game report that we did immediately following the Broncos' 21-20 loss to the San Francisco 49ers, we really used it to highlight, okay, what do we see from the Broncos starters on offense and defense? What do we see? Who are some players who stood out? I feel like we got to dive a little bit deeper now that we've had a chance to go back and watch the tape again. I've got the All-22. For me, I feel like there were a lot of concerns that I had, and in particular, we're going to start things off here. I feel like the wide receiver depth, as many guys as there are, Sarah, I just feel like we have not seen a lot of contribution from a lot of the wide receivers so far here in the preseason that aren't named Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, or even we we saw Marvin Mims get involved. But really, outside of that, nobody has really made any big-time splash plays that stood out, in my opinion. No, me either, Cody. And I think back to all the comments that some of them pretty nasty that I got, not necessarily on YouTube, but on my Twitter account and my mentions. When I say, hey, the Broncos may need to go after some more wide receivers, number of people are getting a little nasty saying, no way, they're fine at wide receiver. They got all these guys. You got to, and you list them off even. Like, I don't know who's on the roster. And it's a, it's funny, Cody, because, and it, it sucks, but we're here in the same situation that the Broncos have been in every year since 2020. Every single year, the Broncos depth looks great on paper at wide receiver. And then all of a sudden, it just, it's, it's like a, a, a magic trick, a terrible magic trick. Just poof, the, the receiver depth disappears. And it, it, it's terrible. I hate it because it, every preseason we get these guys that, okay, this guy's really stepping up or this guy looks like he could be something or this guy has you know a chance to really take a, a bigger role with this guy getting injured. And then all of a sudden it just snowballs down until you're at the bare bones at the position. Thank goodness the Broncos didn't trade Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy, right? I mean, thank goodness that did not happen because if they were in that position right now, I mean, it would just it would be uh, an emergency status. But Cody, with Jalen Virgil going down with an injury against the San Francisco 49ers, a a torn meniscus. Thank goodness the ACL is intact there. But look like this is a big deal. Like he was he was pushing for legitimate playing time, not only on offense, but on special teams. Now you got to like reset and reshuffle the deck again. I'm very much in agreement with you, Cody, that the wide receiver position is a concern at this point. And I here's the thing too, right? You mentioned the guys that are there. 
but I feel like, you know, the addition of Marquez Callaway, that was one addition that for me personally, I was like, okay, hey, I like this move. This is a very under the radar move. We haven't really seen him involved much here in the preseason. I'm not even targeted. He only had one target against the 49ers. Little Jordan Humphrey saw more targets than Marquez Callaway. And even then, like little Jordan, he had a great catch. I think it was a 16-yarder. Stedham thread the needle to him. But then he had one where he caught it, kind of bobbled it there. The contributions that we are seeing from some of these other guys behind the expected guys like Jalen Virgil, who you mentioned, I mean, terrific training camp. We're not seeing him make plays. Like even in the receiving game, Kendall Hinton looked like he struggled in Saturday's game. Now, I will say he did have a really good block that set up Jaleel McLaughlin for a touchdown. He also, I think, had a really good block that set up Tony Jones Jr. But what we need to see in this offense, especially if it's going to be with Russell Wilson, right? We're not talking about Jarrett Stidham or, or Ben DiNucci. We're talking about like if these guys are in a game and with the starters at some point, if they're asked to be in a role, we know Kendall Hinton can play, can step up. Maybe that has part of it. You know, Part of something to do with it is like who he's playing with. But with Russ's refound mobility, you're going to see a lot more scrambling. You're going to see a lot more moving, extending plays, a lot more scramble drill opportunities here. And I just, I, I feel like looking at this game, I mean, Jalen Virgil had the most yards from scrimmage in terms of the receiving game outside of the 49ers receiver who ended up going off. I mean, we're talking about the longest play from scrimmage, 50 yards there. Virgil was the Broncos' leading receiver in this game. And, and ideally, it's that's not good enough. That's not going to get it done. I mean, one catch, 50 yards, that's it. But Nobody else, I, I felt like Ben DiNucci was hesitant throwing the ball. Jarrett Stidham was good for the most part. And then things just fell apart after Stidham went out of the game there. I'm not saying that Stidham was the, the reason why they were having success and moving the ball, but you got to get a little bit more here from these wide receivers. Marvin Mims now obviously in a bigger opportunity, right? The hope is that Brandon Johnson can now come back here at some point. Not sure if that's going to impact his roster status, not kind of how similar it was to him last year. But then I also ask this question here now, Sarah, and I don't think it seems so far-fetched considering that he's getting time to train and, and get back, but with Jalen Virgil having this meniscus injury now, we don't know the timeline. We know he's going to miss some time. Does this open the door for K.J. Hamler to return? I mean, this is something that even Sean Payton and them said is in the cards. He's in the, in the cards to come back here for the Broncos at some point in several weeks. We're approaching that several-week mark here at this juncture. We are, and I would love to see him come back, Cody. If he's ready to go anytime at, during these this week of joint practices or if it's the week following, whatever the case may be, we, we know these guys need time to get their quote-unquote football speed back, right? It's not just, you know, they, like, oh, yeah, he's running around, he's doing all these things. I mean, to get back into football shape is important. So hopefully K.J. Hamler, if he's ready, I would think bring him back. I mean, they left his jersey number open. Uh, he obviously hasn't signed elsewhere, and I don't think there's been even any rumors of him like visiting mm -hmm. elsewhere. He's a free agent at this point. So, I mean, he can go where he wants. It kind of does feel like they maybe said, hey, let's bring you back when the time is right. And obviously, they just can't carry a guy on the 90-man roster when you need every single one of those spots. So I would hope that the situation has emerged at this point for K.J. Hamler now to come back to the Denver Broncos and maybe play kind of a surprise role, right? That could be a kind of a fun story to see him come in at this point, especially with all these guys going down. I mean, KJ, he could be an important piece. We talked about that on this show many times before he obviously had to get waived due to the heart condition. I think he could still play a big role, and I would love to see it unfold. It would be, I mean, like I said, it would be one of the coolest stories of the football season.
Does this also, I mean, factor in another wide receiver? I mean, with what I can't explain and go into great detail without revealing, and so it violates my ability to report on things. Things that the Broncos offense was doing with, with a guy like Jalen Virgil, we saw it in the first preseason game. That's to the magnitude in which I can share. Who, who can do that now for the Broncos? I think, you know, Marvin Mims can, absolutely. But does this also open things up for a guy like Montreal Washington to maybe get more looks on the offensive side of the ball, increase his value? What about Taylor Grimes? Like, we saw some action from these guys in week one, but we just didn't see it here in week two. And to me, that was a little disappointing because I felt like the Broncos' offensive drives, the run game was going, right? But Ben DiNucci kind of fell apart in the passing game. He missed some guys, missed Albert Okawebunam on one play, missed little Jordan Humphrey wide open on, on one play on fourth down. And I just thought to myself, like, this has impacted the flow of the game. And obviously, the, the preseason win-loss, we don't necessarily care about that. But from my evaluation in terms of looking at this roster – you need wide receivers to make plays. And so far, some of these guys on the back end of the depth chart at wide receiver, they haven't been making plays in games. Part of that's maybe not their fault. Maybe it's circumstance. Maybe it's also quarterback play, but remains to be seen. Broncos country, we are eager for your thoughts, though, on this subject. Let us know what you think the Broncos should do at wide receiver with Jalen Virgil's injury, with Brandon Johnson recovering. What is your outlook on the position? Should they go pursue a veteran? Let us know if you're listening wherever you get your podcast, or let us know in the YouTube comments if you're watching us as well. But our conversation is going to continue about some concerns that we have with various parts of the Broncos offense, including starters, some depth pieces as well. You're going to get that on today's episode, Locked On Broncos. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp, and sometimes in life we're faced with tough choices, and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, relationships, or anything else, Therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so that you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. I've loved the times I've used better help in the past where it was easy for me to match with the therapist that I vibed well with. I got to create a therapy schedule around what works best for me and my schedule and it's super convenient. I could do it from the comfort of my own living room if I wanted to. That's what I like about BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. We've got some more concerns with the Denver Broncos offense. What about that pass protection and the quarterback play behind Russell Wilson? Should we be a little worried about that? We're going to talk about that and more coming up on this episode, Locked On Broncos. But before we do, got to give a huge shout out and mile high salute to every single one of you that makes Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. And for you everydayers out there, Cody and I appreciate you so much. If you're listening for the first time, we're so glad that you joined the party here at Locked On Broncos. We bring you uh, just, uh, I think, it, Cody, it's the best Broncos coverage every single day on the show. We cover every angle of the roster, and we're going to be covering every roster move that's upcoming here. So as the Broncos approach the end of the preseason here, you're not going to want to miss an episode as we talk about guys that are pushing for roster spots, guys that are making their way up the depth chart, maybe like we talked about in segment one, maybe some guys that are not making the best case for the depth chart. You can find that anywhere and everywhere that you listen to podcasts, Locked On Broncos, as well as for all of those of you that watch us on YouTube and that helped us cross that 10,000 subscriber mark, 
And we're so appreciative of you just being part of the community, commenting, liking, sharing the videos, sharing the stuff on Twitter, engaging with Cody and I on Twitter. We can't do this show without you. We we wouldn't want to do it without you. We absolutely love it. So thank you all for being part of the show and let us know. Do you have concerns about the offense? Do you have concerns about the Broncos defense at this point? Cody, I saw a lot of mixed reactions after the game from a, a variety of different fans, of course. During the game, majority of fans are going to be online watching and they're going to be tweeting along. They're going to be getting, you know, at you and I. I think one of the biggest concerns people are throwing at me is that besides the fact that they say Russell Wilson still stinks, which I don't understand because we saw him play well again for, you know, uh, whatever. It's We're not talking about that. Pass protection is one of the number one things that I think people say to me as a concern what did you see in that game on Saturday night against the 49ers that kind of makes you think, ah, maybe this is a slight area still of concern? You know, I thought Garrett Bulls did better in pass protection. I thought like Cushenberry, Quinn Miners, Cam Fleming getting some run as well. And look, obviously no Nick Bosa in that game, but the rest of the 49ers starting defense was out there. And I felt like they did a really good job responding there. Now, we saw it on one play in particular that forced Russell Wilson it was that second play of the, I think it was the second play of the game where he had that 12 yard throw to Javante Williams. Ben powers kind of just gets beaten in his step. I don't, I don't know exactly what his first read was, but he was late. He had a side hedge a little bit. Defender came around him. Russell Wilson did a good job maneuvering away, delivering the throw to Javante. We also saw him surrender a sack when Jarrett Stidham came in at quarterback. So for me, it's just like Ben Powers has struggled in pass protection the last two weeks. In practice last week, was a little shaky here and there. I'm not sure what happened, sir, because at the beginning of training camp, through the first week and a half, two weeks, I thought he looked solid. You know, watching him is like, man, this is a guy who's he's burying dudes that are trying to come after him or trying to take an angle on him. He's manhandling them. He's pulling tight, kicking guys out. We did not see a good performance from him on the offensive line. And look. I would say the biggest concern that I have right now, he has to get this fixed sooner rather than later. The Broncos invested a lot of money into paying him, right? He says Sean Payton values guards. Yes, he does. Sean Payton's not going to allow for this type of stuff to keep happening. These are errors that need to be corrected on his behalf. And that to me, I, you feel a little rough about it right now, right through preseason two weeks. Fans know, like, hey, you spent a lot of money for this guy. And obviously last year in Baltimore, yeah, he had a terrific, terrific season with the Ravens. Not seeing that so far here early on. Granted, it's preseason, but you can't afford to make these mistakes in the regular season when everything matters, when the protection of Russell Wilson matters so much more than it does here in the preseason. Have to get that fixed. Though I will say he has been solid in run blocking, but, man, you need, you need more there. And then not to mention, hey, look, you paid Mike McGlinchey a bunch of money and he unfortunately is dealing with a knee sprain. How is he going to look when he gets back? Right now, to me, these are the two spots in the offensive line that I think in the offseason we're like, hey, Denver's got to address left guard and they got to address right tackle. Right now, there's still question marks. Right. And I, I can't help but wonder, are we simply going to be hoping that it just gets better as the season goes along? Right. Uh, that's certainly an option on the table at this point. I mean, we saw Garrett Bowles looked rusty in week one of the preseason. And like you said, he was better on Saturday night. But I mean, still, it's it's a work in progress. I think at best, Ben Powers very much looks like he's got to get his regular season feet underneath him. Mike McGlinchey, we know he missed the beginning of training camp due to a personal family matter. And then now he's out with an injury. And the Broncos, as what I heard on the broadcast on Saturday night, Cody, is that they hope to get him back for the regular season opener against the Raiders. So that may not, I, I hope it's a certainty. 
Uh, but I guess you don't you just never know with injuries. You can't guarantee anything. And unfortunately, the Broncos have just been so snake bitten on the offensive line that they've made preparations accordingly. Like you said, Cam Fleming getting run with the ones on Saturday night as the right tackle. And I was watching him very closely. It looked like he kind of got whipped on a couple of plays too, where just speed beat him off the edge. He just didn't get a deep enough drop and and get set there to be able to to really drop that anchor and get in past. He just let the defensive lineman go right by him. So it's just tough right now because it's been such a bad issue for the Broncos. Like Lloyd Cushenberry is playing the best, it seems, of any of the offensive linemen, maybe Quinn Miners as well. But it just can't be inconsistent. It has to. These guys are getting paid. The guys that are getting paid the most money, Cody, which would be Bowles and Powers and McGlinchey, they need to be your best, most reliable pass protectors. And right now, they seem like the biggest question marks. And when you don't have good enough pass protection, it impacts the flow of the offense, your quarterback play. We've certainly seen that. We we witnessed it last year firsthand. But I also felt like in the later stages of the game, not necessarily with those guys, we're talking about maybe some depth options here. It impacted the quarterback production as well. Now, I do think Jared Stidham, he came in after that Russell Wilson one series, got some run with the ones, had a little bit of a botched center exchange with Lloyd Cushenberry, was sacked by Ben Powers. I mean, not sacked by Ben Powers, a sack allowed by Ben Powers. And from that point forward, it's just like Danucci, when he came in late in the game, just didn't have any rhythm or flow either. He was pressured or he was forced to roll out to one side to throw, and it was uncomfortable for him. And while Stidham played better, are, are, do we feel like through two weeks of preseason play, do we feel like right now the Broncos actually have a good enough option behind Russell Wilson if something were to happen? Like I said, Stidham came out, he was ripping it, he was very accurate from the early onset. He had a couple of plays where like, ah, you wish he had that back, but I felt like he took a step in the right direction, but I still think I need to see a little bit more from him. I think I I need to see quite a bit more from him as well, Cody. I'm not I have not been impressed with Jarrett Stidham. I know he did improve based on the first game where remember he completed five of fifteen passes with an interception. So it would have been very, very difficult to not improve upon that. That was that was absolutely terrible. And of course, every incompletion, every interception has a story. But man, he he went out there against the 49ers and nearly threw two more picks, right? So it was a very questionable outing for him, in my opinion. He had the one of his completions was the quick swing out to Jerry Judy. I think that was off target, or I, I mean, it was just it, it. He's not looking sharp. He doesn't look like he's comprehending the offense very well, or that he's executing it with confidence. I guess I should say that's maybe a better way of putting it. He doesn't look like he's executing with confidence. He's delivering the ball. Uh, just it's not quite on time. It just feels like something's off there. It feels like he doesn't have the mojo or something. So I'm not sold on Jarrett Stidham at this point. I wanted to be. I really wanted to be, Cody. We had many discussions over the offseason about bringing in a quarterback that could be like a developmental guy or a reclamation project for Sean Payton to work with. And so far, I think Jarrett Stidham has really failed to impress me. I guess that, that doesn't take that for what it's worth. But I just... I. He's not passing the eye test quite yet, right? So that's just me, though. I mean, maybe maybe some of you listening disagree with me. Let's let's hear it. I'd love to know what you're seeing out there as well from Jarrett Stidham. Yes, he the the throw to Jalen Virgil, great throw there, an excellent play in two minute when you're trying to get down the field quickly. I thought that was a good drive from him, but overall. I just think that the body of work that we've seen from him, especially working with the starters in that game against the 49ers, I did not see from him what I wanted to see so far. 
We'll see if he can continue to climb the ladder a little bit. And I imagine that he and Ben DiNucci will get a ton of playing time this week against the LA Rams. I don't think we're going to see Russell Wilson or the starters for that matter. But we'll see how things plan out here in the final week of training camp. Joint practices with the LA Rams on deck. We'll have you covered every step of the way here. Lock on Broncos. We're going to share some concerns that maybe we have with the Broncos defense and also address maybe some that fans have shared with us as well. You're going to get that on today's episode. Locked on Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there, FanDuel Sportsbook. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time that they win in the regular season. So the high-priority teams, you're going to see San Francisco being one of them. Maybe the Minnesota Vikings. You take a look at the Philadelphia Eagles. If you place a wager on them, anytime they win in the regular season, you get a bonus bet that you can use on various things like spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Currently, as it stands today, Sean Payton has the third best odds to win NFL Coach of the Year. So if you want to get in on the action, FanDuel Sportsbook is the place to be here today. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. What are some concerns that we have about the Denver Broncos defense following week two of the NFL preseason? Putting things into perspective, after going back and watching the tape, there's some things that stand out. There's some things that maybe we have some questions about. But ultimately, I think the conversation, it comes to an end right here where we really talk about, okay, hey, here's the issue. What's the solution to it? I think that's exactly where we have to go here. But first, I want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in making us your first listen of the day every single day, whether you watch us on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate you so much taking time out of your day. I wanted to maybe start off this show or this segment here as we get into the fourth quarter action on today's episode of the podcast, talking about maybe some concerns I've seen from Broncos fans, whether it be in the YouTube comments, whether it be on Twitter. Sarah, I want to know where you kind of stand on this one. It's not on our script here, but I've seen a lot of Broncos fans talk about they're concerned about Vance Joseph's defense in a way, I feel like we got to talk about this, right? And obviously, first drive, they give some chunk yardage. To me, I think the most important thing when we put it into perspective is there was a very vanilla defense, right? We've seen them adjust a little bit. We've seen them make some plays. Are you concerned about Vance Joseph's defense? Because I feel like maybe a lot of this concern is really stemming from the late games. The late games, two minutes where, you know, the offense on the other team has to drive. And unfortunately, the Broncos third team defense has not you rally to the bell, rally to the, the whistle here, and it's led to some big plays. So for me, I feel like it's more of an indication on the, the unit, not necessarily the starters when it comes to Vance Joseph's defense. I'm not honestly concerned right now. No, no, Cody. I, I think I'm reading it the same way as you are right now. It just seems like people are blaming Vance Joseph and the third string defense for all the frustrations of the last seven years with the team. And I get it. Like everybody wants to see every unit dominate every time the Broncos go out there and step on the field, like, like they're, you know, the Alabama crimson tide or something you put on that uniform, all of a sudden you better be dominant out there. That's just not the way that it works in the NFL. Like third string guys are third string guys for a reason. It's not, this isn't Alabama where everybody's a, a five star. It's different in the NFL and, and these guys, it could go either way at the end of a game. It could just as easily have been the Broncos offense with the ball going. To, I mean, whoever has the ball last kind of deal, right? So it's, yeah, they could step up and make plays, but how many of those guys are going to even be on the team? And if you want to blame it as a mindset type of thing, I think that's just in, in, incorrect. You know, it's 
you're going to have such a different flow and feel to games when you have Justin Simmons out there, when you have Pat Sertan out there playing Alex Singleton, Josie Jewell, like your guys that play smart and fast, who are veterans, who know the game inside and out. It's just not a it's not a viable argument to me to say like, hey, this is the same old, same old what we're getting from the Broncos. They can't close out games. I think that's a super hot take, Cody. I don't really call many things hot takes. I feel like that's a super hot take. But I, I kind of I understand where people are coming from with the worry of Vance Joseph's defense from the vantage point of when the starters are out there. You can't be giving up these long drives and just hope to give up three every single time, right? I mean, you, you need your offense to get the ball. You need to make sure you can get out the field. But at the same time, Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers, his playmakers, those guys are really great on the script. So you're you're working in a, a preseason where these guys have scripted plays and your defense, like you said, very, very vanilla. So you're going out there, you're simply trying to just go execute, make plays. You're not necessarily throwing the the kitchen sink at, at Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy. Those guys are running a script. You're doing your vanilla defense. To me, that's kind of where this discrepancy comes of like, okay, it's best on best, but even then, no George Kittle, no Christian McCaffrey for the 49ers and for the Broncos, no Justin Simmons. So I just, I mean, it is what it is, but I don't think it's any reason to, to think that, well, Vance Joseph's defense, you know, this, I'm not worried at this point. Well, let's talk about maybe another area, right? How, how do you feel about maybe the defensive line here? I, I would say on kind of to the point, because it goes in with the conversation we're going to have with like the third string guys, maybe practice squad guys. To me, really aside of guys like Elijah Garcia and Matt Henningsen, I think these are the two guys outside of the, the normal starters that we're going to see that have really just been consistent, have made plays here. The other guys behind him, like I, I was expecting to see a little bit more out of Jordan Jackson in this last game. Didn't really see that on the all 22. And and granted, there were a lot of stuff going on. I mean, a lot of different things going on. I mean, the Broncos punting it as quickly as they did in certain situations late in that game. It's just a little bit more of the same from last year. But it's these third string guys. You, you want to see more out of Hagai, Chisholm, and Dubuisi. You know, your, your NFL international pathway player. You want to see that. There's some things in his game I feel like he can definitely work on, but man, he's got good size. Realistically speaking, though, I, I am a little worried about the defensive line depth, especially if Mike Purcell is not ready to come back yet. And, you know, DJ Jones luckily cleared concussion protocol. There's That's great there. But you have him, Jonathan Harris, Tyler Lancaster, I think is solid. And then you have Elijah Garcia and Matt Henningsen. Outside of that, I feel like those are the only guys I could say are guaranteed, in my opinion, to be roster locks. The rest is questionable right now. And that kind of concerns me in the event an injury happens to any key player. Yeah, I kind of wonder if the Broncos are going to be looking for you know different guys that hit the waiver wire, maybe some guys who become trade candidates of you know, late round pick swap of variety, or maybe they surprise us and go after somebody with a higher draft pick. Who knows? We'll see. But I think the defensive line is obviously an area where the team has invested quite a bit in Zach Allen and DJ Jones and Guys need to step up behind them. Like, when is Mike Purcell coming back? How much of a factor is he going to be? How long is it going to take him to become a factor again after not practicing and playing? So there's there's too many question marks. I'm with you on this one, Cody. There's too many question marks here for me, even after what we've seen from Elijah Garcia. Like, the two sacks in preseason week one, very nice. And the interception in preseason week two, very nice. And like Sean Payton has said, those plays can kind of make decisions easy at times. But is it enough? Like, are the splashes on the defensive line enough? Or do you need to see much more 
consistency there because we have seen Elijah Garcia, the Denver Broncos defense, when he's out there on the field, that the later portion of the games, they've been the ones that have been giving up bigger chunks. They've been the ones that have been allowing the quarterbacks to work from relatively clean pockets. So I, I don't know where I land. And I'm not blaming Elijah Garcia for that. I'm not trying to blame Jordan Jackson or any of those other guys. I'm just saying, I think that there's maybe something there to do the Broncos look outside for upgrades. And I think that's going to be a possibility. Everything that Sean Payton has said gives me the indication that, hey, if there are deficiencies with depth on this current roster, he's going to look outside of the building. I, and I think that when you talk about, okay, hey, after next week, after next Saturday, roster cuts are going to go from 90 to 53. That's a drastic cut. I mean, Sarah, it's different, right? Because remember, even like when you're going from, was it 75 to 53? That's quite a bit. Now you're going from 90 all the way to 53 in one day. One day. And so they're going to monitor the waiver wires. They're going to monitor which other teams cut certain players. They have a whole database of guys that they have their eye on, like players to watch. Ray, if this guy hits it, we may put a claim in on this guy. I I think that there's going to be a large turnover of guys who are not in the building for Broncos training camp that are going to come through on the practice squad after roster cuts initially happen. I, I think we'll see some familiar names that have been in camp for Denver, but I think there's going to be a, a pretty big influx of guys that were not in Denver's roster or camp specifically that we will see. And hey, this is a great opportunity this week. You're in joint training camp practices with the LA Rams. See if they have any guys there, especially with the ties that Marcus Dixon has to the organization. Are there any players there that maybe Marcus Dixon has his eyes on as well? I mean, everything right now is in the mix here for the Broncos, but these are some of the concerns that we had following week two of the NFL preseason. Just a couple weeks left until the start of the NFL regular season where the Broncos will be taking on the Las Vegas Raiders where everything that they do will matter. Big week ahead, joint training camp practices. Stay tuned here, Lockdown Broncos, as we recap all the week's festivities here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Broncos country, we'll see you then.